our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Hello, today's Thursday, which means we're bringing you Girls That Business, a weekly series where we spill the tea on how to create a seven-figure side hustle because no one saves their way to wealth. You're joined today by Sim, a seven-figure business owner, and with me is Maya, an entrepreneur in the making. Hello, Maya. Kia ora, Sim. How are we? We are good. How are you? So you said good, but then you said it with such a high inflection. Are we good? Yeah, no, we're good. I was thinking, I was looking up to the sky and I was like yeah we're good we're good yeah that wasn't like a lie high voice that wasn't like a I want to go home now (laughs) that wasn't like when your manager asks you if you're good (laughs) on air and it gets recorded and sent to 300,000 people Mm, and I'm like no fabulous fabulous how are you well I'm good I I don't know so I've kind of been falling in love with like just drinking warm water like hot water with nothing else which basically means I've turned into my mother because my mom does that it's really good for your digestive system I don't know see it guys your it is Oh, sorry, Dr. Maya? Yes, Dr. Maya in Ayurvedic principles. Teach me about Ayurvedic. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but it is it is really good for your digestive system, like not too cold, not too hot, because it just keeps the balance. Guys, if there's one thing Maya and I are like, we don't quite always see eye to eye on, it's this yeah. stuff. It's I'm, and this is the same with my partner yeah. as well. I am like holistic you know bunny ears alternative like all of that kind of stuff that some people consider woo-woo yeah not in like it mine's not anti-vax no but it's more like holistical health net is it naturopathy naturopath homeopathy like breath work all of these things that actually get to the root cause of things interesting and you just eat like roots as well and like well you can't like plants i just like take me to the hospital Give me what the doctors say if it's a study and it says Panadol, just shoot me up. Like I, if I ever had kids, I'd, I would be like, give me every drug under the sun. I mean, painful. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the Western medical, like if my arm gets chopped off, I'm going to go to the hospital. Like if I need all of that If a dog mauls my arm. It has its purpose a hundred percent. But I just don't believe necessarily that they help you to live a well life, like to thrive because they just give you antibiotics and that messes up your whole 
gut mm-hmm. and your well-being well, you're is not, in your gut. You're so. not wrong there. Yeah. I mean, that's facts. Thank you, Maya. I appreciate that. And I really wish you well on your journey in your natural medicine. You will find you. me in a white room with beeping noises oh. the next time I'm sick. Oh, horrible. Horrible. <laughs> anyway. What are we talking about today? We are talking about a very interesting topic, which is more mindset related. I think Mm -hmm. these last episodes, and by the way, we've been loving the feedback. We have been getting so many kind messages. We are getting more people listening to this episode than sometimes our Tuesday episodes, which are our main like money investing episodes. Mm -hmm. But it's been fantastic to see. We have actually had a question come Mm -hmm. in today from our community and i'm glad to talk about it because everything else has been more like do this and steps from our journey this is more mindset related so would you like to read it out and let's just dive right into it yes okay i have a question for your business podcast that i have been struggling with lately i own a small business in aotearoa new zealand it is a service-based business and requires time and skill to get the job done but i struggle with guilt when i'm charging customers My rate averages out to approximately $65 an hour, but even if it takes a shorter time, the quality of my work is still worth the price tag. Do you have any advice to help me shift my guilt and emotions around charging customers? Before I get into it, I'd love to know your thoughts because I know that this is something that it doesn't really matter if you have a business or not. I think even just like trying to negotiate a salary or trying to negotiate like other work that you do, What are your thoughts on this? I resonate with this, even though I don't have a business yet, but being Māori, being a community-based people, and we run on koha, which is like a gift. So that can be in the sum of, you know, you can go to someone who's a physio, your friend who is a physio, and they help you out with your shoulder pain. And if you can't afford to pay them in putia, in money, then you will like offer to babysit or bring them like kai like food is Mm -hmm. really a huge part of it it's just kind of like reciprocity Mm -hmm. instead what does that mean like give and take yeah it's a helping people out like I do this for you you do this for me like very community based and knowing that it'll all come around so just helping people really and being Maori I know and have seen a lot of people in businesses struggle with charging mm-hmm. because especially with Fano, when you with family you want to help them you want to help your friends and so I resonated with this so badly being Maori and also being a recovering people pleaser huge recovering people pleaser <laughs> huge and so on that aspect but then also on the other aspect of recognizing that this is my time Mm -hmm. and this is my experience Mm -hmm. and this is also valuable and I don't want to undermine myself by underpaying myself and I've still got bills to pay. So it's just this internal conflict that I resonate so hard with even though I've, I don't have a product yet. What do you think would help this person or like even your own mindset of like moving away from that? I think first taking the cultural or community aspect out of it yeah because that is really quite dependent I believe but it's more so just stepping into empowering yourself and recognizing that you've spent a lot of time money and effort to hone your craft and you know like this part I like this question said 
your work is worth it. Mm -hmm. And so you are providing something for someone that is going to be valuable and you deserve to be paid what you think you should get. I think that's a really good way of looking at it. And I think we all feel a level of guilt if we have any level of imposter syndrome. Like Mm. if you think that you're not good enough, then you naturally like shy away from charging more than that. And you almost have to start kind of wondering, well, then how do I fix this? Like, do I need to improve my imposter syndrome to feel more comfortable to charge more? And in this case, she's talking about, you know, charging $65 an hour, but then the task doesn't always take her an hour. Mm-hmm. This is something that I have found really helpful. We we actually have a mutual friend, Rhea, and she mm-hmm. is a lawyer. And I remember when she started her grad job, she would say that she felt kind of like unsure about why she might be charging something that's quite a high fee for, again, maybe not needing a whole hour to complete the work. And she went and talked to like, I think her manager about it. Mm -hmm. They said something to her that she kind of passed on to us. And that really helped me in my journey, which was they're not paying for you to sit there for an hour on your laptop. They're paying for your expertise. Mm. They're paying for the X amount of years that it took you to get so efficient Mm -hmm. because someone else might like let's say in this person example that's message us let's say she does copywriting for people let's say she writes like a newsletter for people and that's what her service is someone else might need to take a whole hour someone might take two hours to write that newsletter because they're not as good at it they're not as good as at copywriting and they might charge sixty dollars an hour and take two hours to do it she charges sixty five dollars and it might only take her half an hour to do, but that doesn't mean her work's not good. It just means she's so efficient. She has mm. so much experience. Mm. She can get it done quicker. I ran into this a little bit when I first started off because before Girls at Invest, one of the service-based businesses that I was doing to help fund or I guess help like aid my mortgage when I quit my job was uh, around social media content for other brands because mm-hmm. people had recognized that I was growing girls at invest. They're like, how do you do it? That's so cool. You're like doing this outside of your nine to five job. And so I'd start making content for people. It would take them like a week to do what I could do for them in an hour because it would take them a week to come mm-hmm. up with like, okay, content ideas. What are people talking about? Yeah. How do we turn this into things that people are interested in. How do we write the caption? How do we make the visuals? How do we engage with people? And I used to do it on my phone on Canva in two minutes. I have this running joke with Sonia that like the girls that invest posts, I would just make on my toilet breaks. Like I would just be on my phone. hundred percent. I hate this, but like people have seen me do it. Yeah. I've seen you do it. Like I'll be like in line waiting for my lunch like going to buy sushi and I'd be like, oh, that's a good post idea of something I have thought of. Type it up on Twitter, screenshot it, take it to Canva, move it around, put up a caption, three minutes tops. Does that mean that my work is worth $3 per post? Absolutely not. Mm. I was charging hundreds of dollars and that's not because it took me hundreds of hours. It's because I have eight years of experience in doing it and I do it well. Yeah. And so like when I was making content, The companies that had content before me, they would get like 200 likes, 300 likes. As soon as I turned up, the post would get 4,000 likes, 5,000 likes. Again, are we just looking at the output of time? In which case, yeah, I feel guilty too. It took me two minutes. But if we're looking at like expertise, why do we feel guilty? Mm. 
that's a really good way of shifting your mindset because like you said, eight years of experience. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. That's huge. You can go and find someone else that will have less experience that will do it cheaper, but they will take longer to do. Mm. They will make more mistakes and they will need to catch up to my eight years Mm -hmm. to have the same level of like, oh, but like this isn't my first rodeo. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I explain myself. I think when it comes to charging, if you think of it as like the way, if you're already feeling guilty about it, you're almost already viewing it the wrong way. You're already viewing it as, oh no, I'm like, I'm robbing this person or I'm like doing too little for how much they're paying. As long as you're not scamming someone, (laughs) as long as you are actually providing, like if they've asked you, hey, can you do this for me? And you do that. They didn't have to come to you. Exactly. That's a choice. Yeah. They have known, they like what you do. They've seen what you've done and they want to pay you for it. Why are you feeling guilty for offering a service? Do you think like when you go to a furniture store, they feel guilty for selling you couches at $3,000? Absolutely not. If anyone should feel guilty, it's them. They honestly, the price of furniture is so expensive. Anyway, that is a really nice way of framing it because they've come to you and they're willing to pay. So just you don't need to feel guilty about that. It's also something that we got taught as students when I was younger. So when before Girls That Invest, I worked in optometry. And when we were students, we had to be consistently told. We had like a student clinic. So people, like real people in the community, Mm -hmm. would come into our like student clinic where we sold real glasses and real frames. Mm -hmm. But we were still students. And we would have to be constantly told, don't assume people don't want to pay for this. Like, don't be like, oh, yeah, so this frame here, it's $1,000. It's a little bit pricey just because it's pricey for you just because you would not pay a thousand dollars because you're still a student who makes zero money doesn't mean someone else does not want to pay for that and are Mm. you really going to be the person that takes away from that like if they say to you hey I've got a small budget that's different you can refer them to the right person you can say okay that maybe we won't be the right fit for each other but if no one's complaining about your prices why are you feeling guilty yeah like we I think out of All the feedback we've had, maybe twice in our life, we've been told that our course is too expensive. 
Really? We've never been told it. And when I came up with it, I was like, oh, it's like 299 USD. That's quite a chunk of money. Sure, it's based across six weeks. Sure, it's something that people get lifetime access for. Yes, there's like 99% of people recommend it to their friends and family and give it like five stars. But maybe that's like too much money. And I don't know, like you can get so wrapped up in your head around it. But then I had to remind myself, like, we do a free podcast three times a week. We do free content every single day. We do a free newsletter every week. We have people that edit our podcast. We have people that edit our videos. We have someone that does administrative work. We obviously have to pay you and Sonia. Like, you're not here for- Thank you. (laughs) You're not doing this out of fun. Like, even though you're my friends, you're also still human beings that are putting in research work. Mm -hmm. Like, you go home and you work on the podcast episodes and you come up with ideas. This is all stuff that needs money to fund. And if we want to actually reach the mission of helping more people learn how to invest we need money to do that so that we can have high quality content Mm -hmm. that can reach more people and so that helped me to stop feeling guilty about needing money in a business yeah (laughs) which is it's like we laugh about it but that is essentially it like you are running a business and you need to pay yourself and your experience and you were creating a product let me tell you something. Even nonprofits still pay their CEOs really good money. They are sitting pretty lush. Like, let's not forget that, like, even the companies that are set up to be like, we are not for profit, still make sure their CEOs get six figures and make sure all the execs get six figure salaries. You're upset that you're charging $65 an hour. Let's move on. Mm. Let's ask better of ourselves. And how. I think you may have answered it, Sim, but how have you built confidence in what you charge? Also, you're speaking as well because you do charge for other things like writing articles and, and things like that. I think I was definitely someone that undercharged at the beginning. I didn't know if I had the experience or like if I was, you know, I was quite new to the game. Like mm-hmm. just what do you charge? What do you go for? And so what I used to do is I would just ask them what their market rate was And the more, like whether it was writing articles or a speaking event, at first I would take like $100 to speak at something. Then I started taking like $500 to speak at something. Mm -hmm. Then I started taking $1,000. Then it became a couple of thousand. And there have been events that we've done where we've worked in the five-figure range. It's not often like more than Mm $10,000 for a speaking gig, but sometimes it is. And we have people that we know and similar if not the same industry as us, that charge $50,000 just for one talk. Mm. That's fine. They charge that because people pay for that. And you've just got to find your cap. You've just got to keep being a little bit cheeky and getting comfortable with increasing your rate until someone actually like says, oh, no, we can't pay for that. And you're like, okay, this is kind of the limit. This is how businesses work. They will continue to increase the price until they realize well okay we've found that sweet spot between what people are willing to pay for and where we start losing customers because no one wants to lose it you don't want to be like i'm yeah. worth 200 an hour and then no one turns up yeah but that 65 an hour if that's your sweet spot awesome there are ways to grow it over time experience training will get you to that higher number but you shouldn't be feeling guilty for currently charging what you do just because you're so good at it that you get it done quicker quicker yeah and I think that's something that a lot of people in this position need to hear as well do you have any 
resources you mentioned like market research like what their market rate is how do you look for that I think there is so much skill and ease and just asking people like quite naughty like people will message me and be like hey I'm speaking at the same thing you're speaking at how much are you getting charged how much are you giving them and just like I once went to an event and there was someone that had like a tenth of our followers and she was getting paid and I was like I didn't even think to ask to be paid for this. Like what a what a silly thing of me. Like this was so many years ago. Yeah. But that's just how it starts and that's how you realize like, mm-hmm. oh, that's how I grow. If you're ever unsure about the fear of, oh, I've done this quicker than expected. Should I not be charging my hourly rate? Think of like high level executives. Think of like the CEO of Coca-Cola. If she or he gets asked to make a decision and they make that decision in two minutes and they're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. They don't charge you for a two minute rate. Mm. They were able to make that decision in two minutes because of all of their skills, experience, all the like points of touch that they've had across their career. They can come to that decision quickly. Do you think they feel guilty for taking home $4 million a year? Mm -mm. No. And that's the main takeaway for me from this episode, Sim, is that one, people are not just paying for your time. They are paying for your experience and your knowledge. And that is something that is truly invaluable. So if anything, even if you're struggling with imposter syndrome, take confidence from knowing that you are worth that experience. And time isn't an accurate measure of how much you should get paid no I mean if you it's always hard to imagine it from for yourself so let me give you one last example from another person let me give you an example from me if I was to do like a business consulting or a business course for girls that invest would I sit here and go oh you know I don't know if I should charge that much like what would people say or what would they think what do I know I could also then like spin that around and go, no, but I have so many years of experience in this. I was able to build GTI in three years to the point where we have a best-selling book, a best-selling podcast. We got a TED talk. We were in this and that, and we hit seven figures in our second. Like there's all these accolades that happened from whatever is like clunking around in this brain. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do we base what we're worth on how long it takes us to come up with a solution or do we base our worth from the experience that we have to like in two seconds be like, oh yeah, you should do this. That's perfect. So just channel your inner sim, channel your inner Pepsi CEO, just like find someone that does it with confidence and be like, what would they do? I think that I find that really helpful. Mm. I always, just a quick tip, I always love watching videos of Rihanna. She, yes. like, she just exudes confidence just so naturally and she has said a video she's just like I just fake it if I don't feel it I fake it so Rihanna probably at times has faked it a lot of times you can do it too we can do it too I think that's a really good place to end this episode (laughs) hopefully you found this helpful if you've enjoyed this episode please take a screenshot put it on your Instagram story tag girls that invest it helps spread the message so that we can continue to help so many people around the world get better at business and just find what they're really passionate about because nothing makes us happier yes and also just a reminder I now have an Instagram and a TikTok well-being with Maya Maya (laughs) thank you I am so proud of you for finally making it yes (laughs) all right well we'll see you next week Maya yes kakite bye bye and as always to finish off with our disclaimer 
Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team, bye.